20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. In 2001, a group of tourists from all over the world gathered in Tiananmen Square, seemingly to take a photo. But they had other intentions. They unveiled a yellow flag and started to protest. Seemingly from nowhere, vans and police quickly enveloped the group, arresting them. My guest today is Emma Hall, and she told me how just a few years after the 2001 protest, she found herself standing in the exact same place and was also arrested. Uh, well, arrested? No, detained. Sorry, detained. Yes. I was born in Subiaco in Western Australia. Subiaco? Near Fremantle. Right. Yes, yeah. Really, I don't know much about Western Australia because I only lived there as a pretty young child. Yeah. Until I was eight. Um, and then my mum decided to move back to Melbourne um, so yeah, we we went there. And how did she end up in Fremantle? Um, I think she was. Um, well, her parents were lovely, but a bit controlling. So she obviously wanted to have a bit of space. <laughs> <laughs> um, and had me, and kind of broke up with my dad. But then. She just decided, yeah, it was time to move back to uh, Brighton. <laughs> right. So yeah. your grandparents were in Melbourne. Yes. Right. Yes. And so she decided to go to Western Australia to get away from them. <laughs> I, for, I assume. <laughs> for at least eight years. Yes. Possibly longer. Longer, yes. Right. Ten years, yep. Okay. So uh, you studied in, in Melbourne? Yep. Yeah, I studied. Um, I did a degree in performance studies. Mm-hmm. It was a really weird course it was like kind of lots of different things like we studied dance movement psychology Mm -hmm. feldenkrais um what was that last one feldenkrais uh it's kind of like a body uh alignment therapy what a chiropractor does yes it is yes yes we did that (laughs) It was, it was completely random, and it was just the perfect thing for me at that stage. In my right. Life. <laughs> so then you met your husband yep. at Big Uni. No, in the sh- in the ten bedroom share house in Kew. Ten bedroom share house. Yes, ten bedrooms, <laughs> twelve people. <laughs> right, right. Did you all get along really well? Um. Yeah. Yep. It was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Very random. Like quite. A broad range of people like there was one guy who used to be a tech expert and he had a nervous breakdown and then he ended up in a share house right yeah it was interesting um and then we had hippies of course and we had just- yeah, you said hippies of course <laughs> what the, what what does that mean well it was just uh this particular house it was just very hippie right. it was very hippie yes are you a hippie no, but I think I would say my mum is a hippie. Right, okay. So you can identify hippies. I have that connection. Right. 
in I think it was 1998 um, mm-hmm. my mum and I came across some old Chinese ladies in a park doing some dental exercises um, mm-hmm. and uh, they looked so peaceful and just the energy was so lovely so we just came over and then they said oh you can you know this is you can learn this for free and so yeah we learned the exercises um and then we there was a book as well so then we found out oh okay it's Falun Dafa Falun Gong which is like a Chinese um Qigong meditation practice and we were just like so impressed by it it was just really um relaxing after we had done the exercises like more than I'd ever experienced in any other qigong I had tried before. Is this kind of like tai chi? Yeah, so yes, it is actually quite similar to tai chi. It has um like it's also got a spiritual aspect as well, like it is from the Buddhist school. Things like karma, reincarnation, things like that. And right, right. just yeah, it was really good like I'd never really been interested in all the little in in all the kind of spiritual things my mom had been into previously as a kid, but yeah. this one really seemed like oh yeah this kind of makes sense it's quite practical but also spiritual so I quite liked that so right. and it was all for free and I thought oh that's just really nice. <laughs> you would read more about Falun Dafa and yep. uh, find out your own sort of ways to incorporate it into yeah. The Emma Dafa, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or is it really strict? Oh no, no, it's it's all kind of about your own path or your self cultivation. So, would Jared ever do Falun Dafa with you? Not initially, but then, um, like after six months or so, he did get pretty curious. So did, he did start to come along and do the exercises. Yeah, right, right. So he got into it too. Yeah, a little bit. The following year, in uh, 1999, the Chinese Communist Party started to crack down on Falun Dafa in China. Oh, so right. So it was persecuted. Is um, that because of the Buddhist element of it? Yes, because of the Buddhist element of it, because, you know, obviously it's an atheist dictatorship kind of well, communist country. So they weren't happy about that. Mm. Um, they weren't happy when they did an audit and found that um, it was 100 million Anyway, it was it was a large number of people were doing Falun Dafa in China, including in the in the Communist Party. Right. So high ranking communist officials were doing Falun Dafa because it spread very quickly because it's free, um, and it's good for your health. Right. So this this is unusual. Yeah. Was there some sort of movement behind this that made the Chinese government? concerned there was like um like a mini crackdown on Falun Gong before they started a real big one so what happened is that 10,000 people went to protest in front of the um, government office Mm -hmm. very peacefully just standing there they just basically wanted to kind of explain look we're not doing anything against the government we're just doing Mm. exercises so Obviously, 10,000 people is not very many people out of millions who were practicing. But I think it was just that so many people were doing it that it was deemed a problem. So, yeah, it's weird, but (laughs) because they do like um, 
it's very much about like mind control under the communism like you know you you can't really think for yourself you really need to follow that little red book you know mm. so year after year we kept on getting reports of people being tortured in right. jails right. um being killed um you know children becoming orphans because their parents had been put into labor camps or killed tortured all of these things so it became like it just from quite, just from doing this felon duffer yes yes so it became quite um yeah heavy on my heart i would say that these chinese people that um you know i'd come to really enjoy their company of uh, meeting up doing the exercises with um and you know people just like them in china were being killed and tortured and it was just kind of yeah didn't it really didn't seem right um yeah and then some westerners went and did um a protest on tiananmen square um, I thought at the time I was a little bit surprised and then afterwards I think I was thinking that's a really good idea like mm. maybe that's something that I would like to do um, because the Chinese people were going to Tiananmen Square to protest they were being thrown in labor camps and things like that the Westerners were just being thrown on the next plane back home so it just seemed you know yeah so you could speak on their behalf exactly yeah and also Had you spoken to the people in the park and the people you're actually yeah. associating with around here yes did they think it was a good idea um yeah a lot of them did yeah some of them for did. you to go uh, I didn't really tell. Okay. Yes. Okay, so say. they yeah. supported the protest. Yes, yes, they did, yes. They didn't encourage you to go. No, 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 no. Because that would have been weird. You go, you go, we'll, we'll stay here. <laughs> I was actually a bit paranoid to tell anyone other yeah. than, you know, because I just didn't want to be followed, like, from the airport to – so I didn't tell hardly anyone, like, just a couple of people – um, and I told my husband, mm -hmm. Jared, and then he was like, you know what, I want to go too. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going together. Did he go because he was concerned about you or did he go uh, because he actually wanted to support the cause or both? Probably both. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I just felt like it would be very supportive of those people and they would probably find comfort that, you know, they're not alone. Like we know, like we're... The outside world, you know, mm. we know that what's happening and we know it's not right. Because right. of the media blockade in China, like at that stage, you know, they probably didn't even know, you know, there were people outside of China doing Falun Dafa or that people knew that, you know, people were being killed, things like that. So at this point, are you living, you're not in queue in the hippie house anymore? No. You're just with living with Jared at that point? Jared, actually, uh, my... Mum was living with us as well. You can't get rid of your mum. No. <laughs> this is why your mum originally moved away from her parents and <laughs> yeah, went to Western no. Australia. Yes, yeah. yeah. So your mum's aware that you're about to do this? No, I didn't. You didn't even tell no, her? No, 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 no. I was quite paranoid mm. that, you know, maybe our house was bugged. Or I don't know what I was thinking, but, yeah. Are you I was, being cautious? I was being cautious, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What yeah. do you think your mum would have said at the time? 
I think she would have been too worried and she probably yeah. would have said, no, don't go, don't go. What if she convinced you? No, no. All right, so you go. Yep, yeah, we we left. Um, and I imagine you need some sort of visa. Visa, yes. So we, we did, we got a visa very quickly actually. Yep. It was quite quick. And um, then we went to uh, Beijing mm-hmm. and then we just basically just went straight there. We took a taxi. You didn't check out any of the sites? No, because the problem was that we were actually moving to Taiwan a couple of weeks later. Are they aware of this? No. Because I don't think they would have been happy with that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we're on a tight deadline. But I was okay. like, no, I'm going to definitely want to do this. Um, yeah. So we just went straight there. Was there an organized protest you were aware of? Or are you just going by yourself? Yeah, we went by ourselves. There was an organized protest of Australians who were going, but yeah. it didn't quite line up. So right, I was like, yeah, right. I don't mind, like whatever. So you were, you were doing it by yourself? Yes, by ourselves. <laughs> this is risky. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we had um, banners hidden in our jacket and we mm. just, you know, went there and then had our banners out and just, you know, said in Chinese. Is anyone aware of this now that you're there? Is anyone filming this or did you do anything to, to get the message out? Apparently we were photographed. The media knew about it. The media knew that you were coming to do this. Yeah, because I told one person, okay. um, Here a, a Chinese practitioner in Melbourne, who right. I trusted. So she had actually notified the media that we would be there. Okay, well, so what happened? Yes, um, yeah, so we just basically held out banners that said, you know, Falun Dafa is good. And we, you know, said some things in Chinese that we'd memorised. And then the police, undercover police came and put us in a little van and this whisked us off to an underground car park um, to, to like, ask us questions and go through our belongings. <laughs> and Are you yeah. worried at this point you've been put in a van <laughs> and you've been driven to an underground car park? No, I wasn't. It was very, very obvious that they were police. Okay, you, you actually felt comfortable? Yes, I was okay. like, okay, yeah. Um, and then when we went to the underground car park, it was underneath a t- hotel nearby. Um, and there were just lots of police around and they were just kind of, you know, just relaxing, sitting around. So this is where they hang out? I guess because they have a lot of Falun Dafa people do go there to protest. So maybe they just have them there already. I don't know. Right. So what happened then? Yeah. They um, went through your things. Yeah, they just went through our bags and... And you've got nothing in there that... Uh, no, no, we just we didn't bring anything much. And then, yeah, they just put us in little cells next to each other and booked us on the next plane's home. Are you going back? <laughs> well, some of the policemen actually that took us back to the airport were very nice and they said, you know, they cancelled our visa for four years and they said, well, after four years, can you know, come back right. and visit. But I think we won't visit until the persecution has ended. <laughs> Do you think that's going to happen though? From what you're saying, I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen in, in our lifetimes. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm still not sure 
why this is persecuted. I know you said it's, you know, there's ties to the Buddhist religion. Mm. Is that enough, do you think, or is there more to it? Is there is there something that I'm missing? I think that they were scared. Um, it grew very quickly from, I think it was made public in 1994, and then just five years later, there were millions of people in China practicing, including very high-ranking officials in the Chinese Communist Party. You think they might have had some sway to sort of... You would, but instead the leader, the then leader, Jiang Zemin, found it a threat to his power. Because they have so much control over, like, all of the media is state-controlled, so you can turn neighbours upon, you know, neighbours, you know, it's, like, full-on. So... He said it will take three days to wipe this out. Yet that didn't happen. <laughs> right. They tried, they tried to wipe yeah. it out in three days. Yes. Yeah. Right. So no, that didn't work. <laughs> um, so I think it was just a show of like power, basically. Now they're in too deep. I think they know that they, they can't actually get rid of Falun Dafa. Do you think you had any impact so, I think so. Um, I got feedback from people, um, from Chinese people, that said, you know, that um, people in China, it really helps them feel supported and hopeful that the rest of the world was listening um, and wasn't just um, doing nothing. But in terms of like, are there. Uh, is it still being persecuted in China? It is. I would really like to see that people can just freely practice, you know, the exercises without any fear for their family or their own lives um, and just, yeah, just give them the freedom to, to do what they want to do. Special thanks to Emma Hall. And if you would like to know more about Falun Dafa, Emma and her mother run an exercise site once a month near the Ballarat Botanical Gardens. Information on that is easily found on the web. Music by Ryan Goodwin. Check out his other work at virtuallyryan.com. Original material written by Anne Murison. Editing by the fabulous Ricky Cheno. Our logo was designed by Chris Frith. And thanks to Hay Studios for the use of their studios. I'm Ben Plaza, and this is 20 Square Blocks. <laughs>